this episode, I'm going to talk about hard conversations. And I've got actually two quick things about hard conversations that I want to share that are lessons that I've learned or things that I have observed and tried to apply to my own life. So, um, and does it always work perfectly? Nope. Um, but I certainly try. And when I am preparing for hard or difficult conversations, um, I, I try to repeat these mantras or these kind of um, two quick things in my mind as I prepare to go into the conversation. So when I think about hard conversations, I have to remind myself the conversation in and of itself is usually not hard. It is going to be uncomfortable. It is going to draw feelings out of the parties involved, but rarely are the conversations so hard, like I'm delivering like life ending news or career ending news or anything like that. But they feel emotionally hard because there's weight that you carry before you go into the conversation. But then there's also weight that you carry during and after the conversation. So a few years ago, I was at an HR conference and I went to this workshop around giving feedback. And the woman who was a presenter on the workshop, um, she, one of the things that she said, or I think both of these are from her, one was from somebody else in the room, doesn't matter. But the first thing that she said was, when you approach hard conversations or feedback conversations with transparency and compassion, it clears up the air for the emotions to really become involved. Now, granted, we're dealing, typically when we're giving feedback to someone, like it's, a, it's another human being, or if we're on the receiving end of that feedback, we're obviously a human being. But when you are clear about what the message is, when you are transparent and honest, um, and it's not always going to feel good and you may fumble through it. I've gotten better at it over time. Um, and then you approach the conversation with compassion, realizing that you're talking to another person they're going to have feelings. So being mindful of how we enter the conversation, acknowledging that this may be challenging or difficult, but opening the space for more dialogue as opposed to no dialogue. Um, but I have found over the last few, year, few years that when I've approached the conversations that I have needed to have personally or professionally with transparency, so I just I try to do my best to lay it out there and then leave space and don't feel like I need to fill up the entire, like whatever dead space or um, quiet space that is there that a person may be thinking about how they're going to respond, if they're going to respond, if it's going to be emotional, if they're going to tear up or whatever the case may be. Um, but then remembering that there's no need to be harsh in the conversation. I'm talking to another person who has feelings, emotions, things that are going on outside of this particular conversation or situation that is going to impact the way that they receive, hear, respond to, et cetera, with that specific conversation um, and whatever we're talking about. So sometimes that means the other person is going to be defensive. But I have to remind myself in those hard conversations, if, I t if and when I take the approach of being transparent, so being clear, um, being compassionate, realize I'm talking to another person, and while I think the conversation may be difficult for me to deliver or to initiate, it is equally, if not more difficult for somebody to hear on the back end um, that the, the words of that conversation, because it feels like sometimes feedback can feel like a slight. Um, sometimes it can feel like you don't notice all the great things that I do, but you want to point out the, this particular um, thing that I didn't do well or this pattern that you see that's not the end of the world, but it may be impactful. Um, so I think for me, having that, that piece of 
remembering transparency and compassion in my approach has benefited me in the hard conversations that I have have had to have and will likely have to have throughout my personal and professional life. Um, so that's one thing that I, it really stuck with me and it made it um, less, uh, I guess, less anxiety provoking to go into those conversations. Now, they all make me nervous. Um, but when I know that I'm going into that, I know that someone's going to be salty or upset or hurt by the things that I said. But if I know in my heart of hearts that I'm approaching that conversation with transparency and compassion, I feel better leaving that conversation, knowing that I put out the things and said the things that needed to be said. Um, now, is my style always going to you know, be what other people are looking for? Nope. And that's okay. I'm not going to meet everybody in the exact style that they're looking for. But if I approach it with transparency and compassion, it's hard for people to like stay angry at you. And if they do, then that becomes less about, I realize that's become less about me and more about what they're hearing or what they're seeing when someone's having an, an honest and upfront conversation with them. Um, the second part of having hard conversations, there's like 50 parts, but this is just, this podcast is called Two Quick Things, hence the Too Quick. Um, the second one is remembering that clear is kind. Um, I think that there are times when we want to dress up a message around a hard conversation to make it not seem like it's so hard or bad, and we lose the actual message and the learning and the growth that can take place because we muddle the message to be unclear. And then people walk out of the room or the conversation thinking like, okay, great, I, I, I'm in a great place with this you know, particular project or this conversation. And really, they missed it because they paid attention to the positives and the things that we did to fluff up the conversation, if you will, as opposed to this is the actual clear message. Now, people will, my experience is that folks will be upset when you are clear and you communicate these are the three to four things that have been concerning about your interactions, behavior, the way that we interact or communicate. But what I try to do is make it clear. So people aren't confused when they walk out of the room or if they, they read the email and they're like, what does this even mean? So am I, am I getting the raise? Let me be really clear about what that means is um, something that I think that we um, kind of use as a crutch to, how do I want to say, uh, to make people not be mad at us. I can't control when somebody's mad at me or if they're not at me, mad at me. I, I, I have zero control or how somebody feels exactly about me. But what I can do is be clear in my messaging so that folks know um, what an expectation is, um, how we can proceed moving forward, um, what is the expectation moving forward, or how to remedy the thing that has been um, that was an error or a mistake or damaged or um, a relationship or something like that. Um, is it always um, easy to be clear um, as a form of being kind? No, it is not. Because I, I, I'm a human, so I, I see people's emotions or I can see like if someone's face, if they start to sweat or if, you, if they, their cheeks become flushed. And I immediately want to say something to make that person feel better about themselves. And really, it's about being clear and giving people a clear path of how to move forward. This was the concern and this is how it was communicated as a concern. Let's talk through like 
what the thought pattern was around moving in that direction or not moving in the, that direction? And then how do we realign expectations so that when we move forward, there is clarity in what you're doing and how you're presenting and what I or a project would expect of a person or how our relationship is going to move forward in a clear, hopefully um, transparent and compassionate manner. So I think those are two things that have helped ease me into hard conversations Um, The transparency and compassion piece, I think we have to remember that. And I think of how do I want to receive feedback? Um, I want somebody to be transparent, but I also don't want them to be um, so harsh to me that I feel like they're not talking to another person. Um, And feedback as a whole, that's in and of itself, it can be challenging and difficult. And I think we, we have to get move beyond the place where we lie about the type of feedback that we can take. And we say, oh, like, just give it to me straight, no chaser. And then, like, that's not how people want that. So, for example, I know, and I can't believe I'm about to say this on here. I know that there are some people who, when I receive feedback from them, I don't want to talk to them right after. Like, I get an attitude internally. And I have to work through some things about like the validity of the feedback. I go through this whole range of emotions of like, is this valid? Do they even really know me? You know, all this like slight attitude stuff. And then I have to step back and be like, is this feedback helping me to propel? Has this person, do I feel like this person has my best interest at heart? And it's usually a yes. Um, And then I have to sit with the feedback and think, okay, what does this mean? How, what are some ways that I can correct it? And then my pattern is to circle back around with those hard conversations um, and say, okay, I had a felt a way about X, Y, and Z, and now I can see this. And maybe I, I'm going to choose to make an adjustment to um, moving forward or I'm not. Like, cause you have a choice of how you respond to those hard conversations or feedback, but that's just one of the ways that I respond, it's not all every single time I get feedback, I'm like, hmm, I got an attitude. And so I can't, this isn't valid feedback. And here's an excuse as to why it's not. That's not every time by, by no means. Cause there's some things and I'm like, you know what? You right. You right. And I probably thought about that and let that ease on out of my mind and moved eased on down the road. Um, but I know being aware of like straight, no chaser feedback or hard conversations, most people are not taking it like that. Even if there's an outward appearance of, yeah, I can take the feedback. Yeah, just give it to me anyway. Like anytime, it doesn't matter. You don't have to think about timing. Like just go ahead and give it to me. I can say almost every conversation where I've had to give feedback, personally, professionally, in friendships, whatever, it has not gone the way that people are like, oh, give it to me straight, chaser, no feedback. Or chaser, um, give it to me straight, no chaser. It has almost always, if I'm going to go even say always been riddled with some sort of emotion, feeling like defensiveness right after, which is fine and normal, but we have to be, we have to own up to that as the people on the receiving ends of that, like know, know thyself and how you're going to respond in those type of situations. And it's okay to communicate that because then it at least gives people a heads up that, okay, when I'm, when I talk about transparency, compassion, clear and kind, how do I want to deliver it to this person? Cause it looks different for every single person. So that's what I got for you today. I got a little snippet uh, in just a few moments around the, um, the Supreme Court Senate stuff. Uh, so I hope you stay with me for another second. I'm just going to give a little snippet of my thoughts around um, the Judge Kavanaugh, whose initials happen to be, if I'm using the judge title, JK, 
um, and the Christine Blasey Ford, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's um, hearing testimony, etc. I just want to encourage folks to think about, um, or at least this is what came up in my mind. Every time I have been either at some point in my career, because I've been a professional for over a decade, the folks who will question you and try to make you prove that what is going on is not appropriate or that you should follow on their side, and then just kind of digging their heels in and having an attitude about it, um, and then getting kind of like that angry face and the, the stumbling words continue to go and realizing that that is a play on power. I think people don't realize that that is very much a power play. Like you need to prove to me that I need to change my mind or this process isn't going to work, even if it isn't their process. That's the crazy part about it. You're asking me to prove something to you where you are not ultimately the decision maker on it. Um, and maybe that's a a byproduct of me know, getting and understanding um, and learning along the way that some decisions are not mine to make, some decisions are mine to fall in line with. And that's not always great. Um, and people really don't like when you say like, well, is this a directive? Because sometimes it is, but we want to have fake conversations around it. But I really want folks to think, take a pause. If you've been in a space or if you have created a space where people feel like, they need to prove something. You need to disprove it to me for in order for me to see it valid. And really, that's not even the case. Why do I need to disprove something to you when it's not your decision to make at the end of the day? So there's a, there's a prof- professional piece of us that has to kind of sit back and think, which role do we play in that and how do we play into it? Um, so, yeah, I was talking to one of my mentors recently about this, and I say, you know, it it. There, there's, there's a group of folks, and I'm not going to name them right now because I'm not prepared to do that. I'm not going to say their names, period, but that are like digging their heels and everything is everybody else's fault or everybody needs to get to their page because they came to that conclusion. And it just isn't so. So I just want to, again, uh, on my Instagram, I'll put up some stuff around believing women. I believed Anita Hill. Um, I believe Dr. Christine uh, Blasey Ford because why else would you come forward with all of this uh, to take all this scrutiny for what? For what's the gain out of this for each of those folks besides to tell the truth and to get their story out there? So think about that. Think about the power play that um, you are a part of, either exerting that power and acknowledging it. Sometimes it's a, it's a, a gut check for yourself to be like, well, damn, that's that was me exerting some power and I didn't even know it. Um, and not explaining it away. So not cut it with the excuses because you already know because you should should be taking the time to think those things through. So just a a little food for thought for the end. Thanks.